Are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind? Have you ever wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard? Are you looking for practical answers to these two vital questions? If so, welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and I am a storyteller. I interview thought leaders and people just like you who are learning and practicing the art and expanding on the science of leadership. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it takes to be a remarkable leader in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone who can hear the sound of my voice. I'm so appreciative that you decided to tune in to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. We are here to talk about how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. What is that path to success? And as you've heard me say before, small steps consistently done over time achieves amazing results. And that is really something I want to talk about. The reason I started my podcast is to give real life examples of people who have faced the toughest challenges and rebounded. So imagine waking up in 2008 and finding the home building industry is tanking. That's your business because the banks are in trouble. What would be your first thought? And as you think about it, a year ago, year and a half ago, we woke up and the country was shutting down a whole lot like 2008. So we've been on this path before. Would you stay the course, keep doing what made you successful before, or would you gather your team and say, what's next? How would you inspire your employees to stay with you through the tough times and learn how to attract and serve customers in a very different way than before the closure? My next guest, Dave Melinda, found himself facing just that challenge. We're going to hear his story and how he led his company to continuing a successful run for another 10 years. Now Dave is helping business leaders figure out how to rise and rebound when faced with disruptive changes. Dave is the founder of Positive Polarity LLC, a Midwest-based sales coaching training firm that brings solid growth to companies from over 30 years of real-world experience. I can't wait to dig into this one, guys. He speaks regularly at conferences on topics that are designed to make the listener not only hear, but engage. And you know what I say, you can acquire knowledge and hold on to it, but we really judge you on how you apply the knowledge. And Dave is just a dynamic guy who has written a book, uh, number one bestseller called Growing on Purpose. And it has details of the importance of both the team and the customer and how if you treat them properly, profits will follow. So with that, hey, Dave, how you doing? Holy cow, what an awesome introduction. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Now I have to live up to all that, right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you read somebody's background oh, and you have a conversation with them, right? Did I tell you to read all that? Thank <laughs> you. Thanks so much for letting me hang out with you and your listeners today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think this is going to be a juicy conversation, not only because it's timely, but because, you know, we can honestly say, looking back, this is kind of a repeat moment, which means disruptive change is happening to us all the time. And it's not that it's that we can control it. It's that what do we do when we're faced with it? And so your 30 years of experience and particularly how you pivoted your business to be successful for another 10 years. How did, you know, as a leader, that's got to be a tough, tough position to be in. And I think a lot of executives and leaders are facing that right now. Absolutely. So so tell us your story, you know, sure. you, you woke up, how, how did you get into it? Well, back in the 
eighties, you know, it's not sounds like just the other day, but that's a long time ago. You know, I, I realized that higher education personally wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying right or wrong for anyone else just wasn't for me. And I, I, I knew that I could sell and I enjoyed selling. And so got into the construction sales part of it and then connected with somebody that wanted to start a company. And so we started a company and day one, we had zero sales. Mm. So 1991, we had zero sales in this division. And when, when I sold it, we had sales of 10 million annually. So, so I took a company from zero to 10 million. There just were a ton of, you know, speed bumps and pitfalls along the way. And, and you referenced the one in 2008 where it, you know, the bottom 2008, 2009, it just, you know, the bottom fell out. And when you are a leader, like you said, Denise, it's real easy to, you know, just keep plowing ahead and not really understanding what damage you're doing around you. And so I started to learn uh, a lot of self-awareness and and I think that's what really helped. And I, I, and I work with leaders now that struggle with their self-awareness. Their head is down and they're just looking at two feet in front of you, able to get people to kind of just lift their head up a little bit so that, that they're able to, you know, see what's going on around them, better understand their team, better understand their customer. Because if you really understand your customer and you successfully understand your team, it's really hard not to win. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's kind of where we where we approach this from. So I'm honored to hang out with you and and talk about you know a bunch of different things that we're going to get into. But you know it it was in 2008 where we actually from 2008 to 2012ish in that time mm-hmm. period right. where a lot of our competition and a lot of companies closed. We actually grew by 47 percent. Wow. And it was because we, the thought process was, Denise, and it, was, it seems really simple. And I was excited that I came up with it, but it just, it, it was crazy how well it worked. I thought if I can keep my customers in business, they'll keep me in business. What? Yeah. Right. If I keep my customers in business, you know, they'll keep me in business. If I help them flourish, if I help them survive, in turn, they're going to help me survive. Wow, that, that, wait, wait, wait. That, that's yeah. that's an interesting perspective because that's not what they teach you in B, B school, is it? Or you, I know you said you didn't go. I, knew, I wasn't there. I missed that day. Yeah, so, but you know. <laughs> you know other business people who, if you talk to them, the idea is is that it's about the selling. It's about you know we we talk about being a good you know partner with people, but the thought of helping them flourish and then you in turn flourish. That's that's pretty unique. What what did that mean? I mean, how did you you had the thought, now what? Sure, absolutely. So the interesting thing was in the construction world, you know, there there are a lot of companies that are fantastic at their craft. Mm-hmm. You know, they can build, they can design, they can draw, they can just do amazing things. You know, their challenge is how do I grow that? How do I sustain that? What do I do with that that skill that I have? Right. So it was interesting because for us, I started to realize that they were good at that. But you know, prior to this this closure, this this lockdown, this you know, the spigot went off, so to speak, in two thousand and eight with mm-hmm. all you know with with the economy. Prior to that. Like if you wanted to build a house, 
you would just go find a builder, stand in line and wait your turn. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how it was, you know, and if I'm the builder, I would build, you know, your house and then I would, you, I'd be done. And then I'd go to the next. I mean, there was just this constant flow while that flow stopped. Yeah. So when the flow stopped and these people were like, what do we do? Right, right, right. <laughs> we didn't right. have to market. I don't know how to sell. I don't understand social media. It was just getting started at that time. Right. You know, so what we did was we realized that, that we needed to educate our uh, customer, mm-hmm. but we needed to educate them in everything that they didn't know. So we, we would employ QuickBooks people to come in and train our customers, LinkedIn training, sales training, memory training. I mean, we trained on everything we possibly could mm-hmm. to, to help that, you know, customer survive that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, it, it just grew. The, the concept was so well received that it just kept growing and, and people started coming and we had to turn people away because we had limited seating and it was literally in person and every it, it turned into be like an every week thing. Mm-hmm. What are you guys teaching on next week? Who are you bringing in? And, you know, by keeping the customer in business, we were able to you know, grow, like I said, by 47% through that. Yeah. yeah. And just so that people kind of get an idea of it, your company was WeatherTech windows and doors, right? Yep, correct. So it's not like you were a training and development company at the time. You, yep. you I mean, you were, they would we were call selling you. Construction you yeah. 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 And it was so revolutionary because, you know, people came to realize that, you know, the window part, the product part that we actually sold, it was kind of like an ancillary thing. You know, they would ask me questions, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. And it had nothing to do with construction. It had to do with, you know, their particular business. And and that's where I knew that, you know, this was successful because that became the main focus. And every time they needed to buy something, that was kind of like, oh, that was like an, oh, by the way, you know, I needed to order something or I got, you know, and, and again, we grew our team from 17 people to 22 people through mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it would have been real easy to look ahead and go, boy, this doesn't look good for the next few years. Why don't we scale back? Right. Why don't we close? We had a good run. You know, we we made it, you know, 17 years or whatever it was. You know, let's just let's just shut her down. You know, we did good. And and the realization was, no, this is the time where, number one, our, our employees' families needed us. Our customers needed us. You know, and, and that's where we took that. And the job. community needed you. I mean, Absolutely. You know, dollars move through companies into communities. And so right. when companies go down, we stop the flow of circulation when, and building up in the community. So, right. you know, it, your mindset of, you know, we're here to do good, not just to the customers, but we have a responsibility for being a good citizen in our community. Correct. This is kind yep. of old time thinking, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Where'd that go? But like, that's why I love your podcast, the closing the gap, those words, because we actually invested a lot of time and energy and money in closing the gap from where our customer was Mm -hmm. to where the customer wanted to be. Yeah. You know, they understood I'm not where I'm supposed to be. 
Right. You know, I wish I knew more about social media. I wish I knew more about LinkedIn. I wish I knew how to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And again, in this case, they, they could build a beautiful home. They could do a fantastic kitchen remodel, whatever the project was. The architects could draw gorgeous, you know, projects. It's just that, how do I sell it? How do I market it? Do I, how much do I sell it for? So we, we got involved in, you know, you know, budgeting and costing and all those things. So it was a complete package that when they were done, they were way better off than they started. And the right. best part for them, it was free. Mm-hmm. And a side piece, Denise, that happened out of this, which I want to make sure and share with your listeners, is that think of it, it we had a room full of builders and architects you know, and the cool part was, was the builder was sitting next to an architect that maybe didn't know each other and they started networking together. And then they realized, and, and one guy would say to the other, Hey, I got this job that I need some help on. And before you know it, you know, in addition to the education, in addition to the training was actually this component of, of networking and yeah, effective networking, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's why, again, I thought it was such a great idea. And I still think, you know, for people listening, anytime I can get a group of people in a room or on a Zoom call, I, you know, great things can happen if it's set up right. Exactly. You know, if you're working, that's another great way to close the gap is learn more about other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, and if you can learn about something that you have in common and build that relationship over the commonality. So we're all here learning QuickBooks. We're all here learning sales. We're learning costing. If if you can have a conversation that kind of flows and becomes a foundation for for getting to know each other, it works so much better because you can see each other's strengths and weaknesses, et cetera. Absolutely. So, you know, you started out saying, you know, you didn't go to the school. You, you know, no, no, those of you who have, we're not talking down. But I, what I want to say is, is that somehow you got the growth mindset mm-hmm. that learning and developing and constantly studying, watching and observing and then being curious about it and then taking action on it became part of your core. Right. And, and somehow, you know, you started stepping out of what, you know, many people would say is the box. The box was, as you're the CEO of this company, you know, what do you know about helping to train other companies to be better? How how did you kind of get your team? Yep, absolutely. Because I'm sure they were resistant to, well, why are we doing this? We, you know, we could spend the money on this. We could spend the money on that. We could be, you know, doing all this other stuff. Right. How did you figure out and get your team so that they were like, okay, well, let's try this. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. You know, people naturally, I think, are resistant. They love sitting in their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, we naturally like to be in our comfort zone. It takes energy. It takes work to get out of our comfort zone. But past, you know, so you have a comfort zone and then there's like this fear zone because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. If you work through the fear zone on the back end is just fantastic opportunity. Right. So I, my team at, trusted me enough to be able to realize that this was, you know, I laid out as best that I could what the plan was. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to remember that, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. I mean, literally the spigot was closing, mm-hmm. you know, people were stopping, halting construction, mm-hmm. you know, 
The local builders association lost approximately 40% of their builder members. Mm. In this. So, you know, you go from this big chunk down. So everybody was looking to me to come up with the answer. And it was a whole lot easier to walk with them and, and get, you know, if you're a leader, your people are watching you like a hawk. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's really important that you're displaying the best that you can at all times. And you're focused so much on the team that, you know, their every move you understand. Yeah. And if, you, you know, in your leadership training, I'm sure, you know, you're, you're dialing people into the importance of the team. Right. And, and so the team fortunately trusted me and they saw that this could work. If if it's done right, because again, to your point before, it's not normal. We want to stay in business at right. all cost. Right. Who cares about everyone else around you, right? Right. Well, I just flipped the camera around and said, hey, let's look at if we can keep these guys and girls in business, they're going to keep us in business. I mean, it, it was a gamble we took and, and, it, and it paid off. So yeah. how does, you know, so one of the things you do now is so you've pivoted and sold your company did very well, but you stayed in this idea of teaching other leaders, sales, coaching, and training and how to be a good leader and, and growing, right. growing on purpose, et cetera. How does a leader know when they're leading towards success, when you're in the middle of disruptive change, when you're when when things just seem like they're not working for you? Yeah. And, and my two thoughts on that are number one, you, I talked about self-awareness before. Yeah. You, it, it, That's such a crucial piece to have in your life because you sh- you can look around and you can get somewhat of a viewpoint of it. But you know what? A lot of us, we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's going to I'm working on my second book about business blind spots because we all have them. And so what do we do in a car? where for your blind spot is you put a mirror there. Mm-hmm. You put something there so that you can see that spot. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we do in business? We tend to not worry about, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So I think that if you're a struggling leader, you know, that's why coaching is so important because mm-hmm. you actually have somebody that comes alongside you and, and helps you with your blind spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan are two of the best athletes that were ever, you know, in a sport. They all had coaches. Yeah. I don't know what in the world Phil Jackson could possibly have told Michael Jordan, right, that he needed. But for some odd reason, right, that was very important. So well, that's where I think if, if in that leadership development, somehow you need to be able to have somebody to come alongside you. Maybe it's a you know, an accountability partner, maybe it's a friend. I don't know what that looks like for people listening. It's just that most entrepreneurs want to do it solo. Yeah. Right. Not just, I don't think it's just entrepreneurs. I think we have this, we still hold on to this, pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. Yep. Go it alone kind of mentality. I'm smart enough to figure it out on my own. Right. Kind of training, you know, and it's, you know, in some ways it starts at schools where, you know, you can't ask somebody for help on the test because, you know, that's cheating. Well, in life, the only way you're going to succeed is by asking somebody else. Yeah, for, absolutely. You, you know, what's your insight? What's the help here? What, you know, how how are you seeing that? And right. yet we, we constantly are looking for that lone wolf who's smart enough. I call it the heroic leadership model. 
Sure. Where, you know, someone comes in to the rescue and says, I've got the idea that's going to save us. And, you know, there's a bit of resistance, but for the most part, well, wait a minute, they've thought of it. So let's just go with this, the story here kind of thing. And and I I think the, your, your comments about getting a coach, every elite athlete has more than one coach. They, and that's one of the things that I think is the, the small secret out there is that they spend a lot of time with coaches, right? Yeah. So you would think somebody like you and I would be so like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in an honored position where I really don't need clients. I'm not really taking on any new work based on what the work I have. Right. But it's, I would think that I would be getting calls like every hour. I need help. I need help. I need help. Right. And like you said, that lone wolf mentality, I think it's, it shows in a lot of people's lives, Denise, I think it shows us, they think that's a weakness. Yes. You know, to ask somebody else. But think about it. That's why we have things like CEO roundtables. That's why we run a sales advantage roundtable. Mm-hmm. I'm involved with these accountability groups around the country mm-hmm. to be able to have somebody to come alongside you. And, and it's just so helpful because, again, we need side mirrors. We need rear view mirrors on our car. We need them in our business. Yeah. And whether it's a coach, whether it's a, it doesn't matter who it is as much as, it, you know, you want them to be positive. You want them to be real. I mean, there's certain characteristics that you want for those people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just in today's business, it's so incredibly helpful you know, even associations, I do a lot of work with associations, you know, association involvement now is really helpful in, you know, trying to get, you know, give, they're giving you the ability to look at your business from the outside. So I just encourage everybody listening to me to find somebody that can be your rearview mirror. Right. So Let's talk about the shift in expectations because we've moved through things. There's a shift in expectations about employees and customers. And so why did that change how we're thinking about customers? You know, now we're reading stuff of your employees are really like your customers. You know, we're full human beings. What a thought, right? (laughs) (laughs) What a novel idea. Wow. I know. And that, you know, the experiences that one has as a customer reflect in our ideas about being an employee. And we really and when we talk about being positive for employees and being competent, et cetera, then we have we have we have a silent or stealth intention that when we come to work, we're treated in the same way. And so it's not really, you know, I, I don't read a lot of books that talk about it. Hear a lot of people talk about it. But it was one of the things that I picked up on your website about this idea that if you treat your employees right, you know, there's you had a mindset around what does that mean? And this idea of growing on purpose, it's it's part of what the book is really about is if you strengthen your team, you improve customer expectations and experiences and that increases profit. In fact, you came up with a formula. ST plus ICE equals P. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. ST is simple. Strengthen the team, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then plus ICE is improve the customer's experience. Mm -hmm. And that equals P or profit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the current team, the way Gallup looks at it right now in the workplace, Denise, one out of three people show up for their job engaged. Now, engaged means a different lot for different people. 
I define it for myself is engage people show up for two reasons. They want to better themselves mm -hmm. and they want to better their company and their customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. They show up with an intention to get better. Mm -hmm. That's one out of three. You would think that in, if I asked that question to most people, they would say, oh, probably eight out of 10 show up that way. Well, it's, it's three out of 10. Mm -hmm. Let's slow down yeah. a little bit. Okay. So the other two people, why are they not engaged? I mean, it's in their best interest. When you step back, it's really in their best interest to want to come and be engaged and, and grow and do a good job. Well, and, and to you and I, that makes complete sense, right? Mm -hmm. There's a chunk of people, those two people, they want to get by and do as little as possible. They're famous to say, this isn't my, that's not my job. To me, seriously, that's not my job. That was, I wasn't hired to do that. You know, you have that mentality. You have the mentality of, I, I want to stick it to the company, you know, mm -hmm. stick it to the man. We've all heard that. We maybe mm -hmm. even have said that. And the re reality of it is, is, is you can have any of those that you want. You can have any of those attitudes. Just don't get mad at the company or anyone else but yourself when your life doesn't work out the way you want it to mm -hmm. from a professional perspective. So if and I have that attitude. People, again, you know, it, it, I just. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Say that again. I said, so if I have this attitude no, and now I'm listening if, to this, you know, what do I do? Well, a lot of times, again, people think most people that I run into, it's so funny, Denise, they say, I don't have this problem. You know, I talk to somebody that's got 100 people on their team and their company. And I'm saying, you know what, 30, the statistics show it. It's not me making this up. And I'm old. I'm totally open to exceptions. If you're like most 33 people, roughly, we're just going to make it super easy. We're going to call 30 people show up every day with that. So what about these other 70? Oh, I don't have that problem. You know, I got a couple people that probably shouldn't be here. Well, then it, it, when I, it's so funny when you hear that all the time, well, somebody's making up the statistics, <laughs> who it is, I'm not, at, you know, I don't know. And, and that's not my job to say, all I'm sharing is there's three buckets of people. There's the engaged, there's the disengaged who are just kind of not my job. They're trying to float through their day. Mm -hmm. And on the back end, there's there's two out of 10, roughly, that are actively disengaged. They are not only floating through, they're trying to take other people with them. Yeah. You know, so you and I work on the same team and, and I'm the dis actively disengaged and I show up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Denise, this is getting out of control. They want me to show up at eight and stay till five. I mean, they want me to do this. This is ridiculous. We got to get out of here. You know, that's the, there, there are those people. I totally get it. My focus is for that are just disengaged leadership. A lot of them need a way. And to your answer to your question, if you're listening and you're in that spot, mm -hmm. you know, start researching what engagement looks like. Mm -hmm. Ask your leadership, how can I be more engaged in my job? Mm -hmm. What can I do here to make a difference? You know, we're always, you know, some, we seem to want to try and do as little as possible, you know, and it's like, I just drove by some, our, one of our neighbors has one of those robotic um, lawnmowers. We don't even want to cut the grass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a robot cut the grass, you know, and it's not right or wrong, good or bad, but it's like, you know, I love it. Cause I get my steps in, you know, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a mini workout for me, but 
However you look at it is fine. If you're listening and you are in that disengaged group, mm-hmm. what a great day because you've identified it. You know, it sits before you now and we can close the gap from disengaged to engaged. And it's up to you. And that's what I love about this is you control this. You can make that difference for yourself, for your family, for the people around you at work. So I encourage you to to jump in. And that's really, we talk about that a lot in the book, Growing on Purpose, because I run into and and still do run into a lot of people that grow by mistake. Mm -hmm. And so just have some purpose, have some intentionality, whatever that looks like for you in your life. You know, I'm not here to say what that looks like. I just, wouldn't it be awesome to look back in your last month and say, man, I really was intentional in these areas. I I grew on purpose. I was more engaged. You know, there's just so much research on engaged employees on how that helps. So, well, I'm a leader. And so I'm now, you know, kind of scratching my head here going, yeah, you know, I, I got a couple of people that I'm really concerned with that they're they they're kind of riding the tide as you called it not the people who are actively engaged per se but they're riding the tide they're looking to me to help guide them on their career development I mean you hear it from HR all the time and you have to figure out the career development and lead and stuff and one of my philosophies really is is that you have to take ownership for your own personal development absolutely the problem is it's really hard to navigate what should I learn next? What, where am I weak? You know, you talked about the blind spot and putting a a mirror up. How do I find out if I'm a leader where my blind spots are, but if I'm an employee, where do I find those blind spots? I'm, I want to be a manager. I want to supervise other people. I think I've got good ideas. I've got some raw talent in this area. How do I, what would be like one, two, three of what, what should I think about? What should I do? Sure. Yeah. To me, it goes back to what we said before is the self-awareness. What are you aware of right now? You know, if we had to list out three things that you're currently struggling with, Mm -hmm. write them down, you know, and, and own them. You know, that's the thing is it's so easy, especially in today's world, Denise, isn't it easy to blame everybody else? Yeah. You know, it's the, you know, back in the day for us, we could blame the weather, we could blame the competitor, we could blame the manufacturer, we could blame the government, we could blame whatever we wanted, right? It was mm-hmm. never our fault. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you've ever been through any A, you know, anonymous program, the first thing is you got to admit that this is on you. Right. So to whatever ability you have, if you're listening, just, you know, start with these, I struggle with and fill in the blank. Maybe it's, I struggle with listening, or maybe I struggle with, you know, thinking ahead, whatever it is, you write those down. And then what we use is just a simple disc assessment to be able to look and see under the hood where we can see your personality would tend to maybe struggle with these couple of things. Right you know, use a professional piece like that. And then the third thing that I would do is find, again, somebody you trust Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, whether it's at work, if I if I really wanted to excel in my career here, what what are some things that I I should work on? What are Mm -hmm. some things I can work on? Mm -hmm. You know, and if the leader's not in tune, and they say, "Ah, you're fine, go back to work. (laughs) Right, right. Which is entirely possible. Right. If it happens that way, then you know what? find somebody and maybe it's outside of work. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's another division. 
you know, but you know that if the leader doesn't, if the leader's pushing down yeah. on you because they don't want you to flourish, yeah. you know what, you're going to flourish somewhere else, yeah. you know? So I, again, I'm not telling people to leave their jobs, I'm just saying, start with writing stuff down for yourself, right. have some kind of assessment so that you can get a look under the hood and then ask people around you. And that's going to give you some really good homework. Right. And that's where I guess at that point, if you feel like you either can't maneuver or operate, that's why people like you and I are here to be able to get those people unstuck. Yes. And so let's talk a little bit. You know, I'm in this position. How do I know that I'm getting a good coach from your perspective? How do I know that is fit that this is the right person for me? Because one of the things you talked about is make it someone that you trust. Well, in the very beginning, when you're out here looking, sure, you know, not all advice is the right advice. Because most people, you know, when you ask them what can I do, they only they tell you from their perspective, right? Sure. You know, this is how I follow the path, but that may not be the path that you fit, particularly if you're you know, a woman in, in business or, you know, someone who's different, you can't always follow the same path. Sure. So how do I know that I'm getting good advice and right. that this is a person that can help me grow in areas that I just don't know? Cause I don't, I don't know what I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people ask me over the years about my credentials, mm -hmm. you know, it's really, and some people are like, so, you know, what, what, what business school did you go to? Blah, 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 things like that. And, and at, and at the beginning, Denise, I was like, really, it was like, really, I was scared of that. It, it, it really made me nervous because I'm like, oh, I'm not qualified and this and that. And then I realized that, and I, I had this epiphany, and then I saw how, this is how I say it to somebody. I say, hey, let's just say you have to have brain surgery tomorrow. Yeah. And you get the choice of two different doctors. Mm -hmm. You know, you're already scared. You're nervous. You need somebody to come alongside you. You need somebody that is really knows what they're doing, right? Right. So the first question that I ask is, do you want, there's two people, you get two choices. There's Dr. A. And Dr. A has been for 30 years, they've been researching, they've been studying, they've been in the books, they have every certification known to man, but they have never done a brain surgery. Okay. Then you have this other Dr. B who doesn't have that knowledge from a school perspective, but yeah. they've successfully done 500 brain surgeries. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer to this. I just say, which one would you take? Yeah. And I've yet to have somebody say, oh, I want the guy that knows everything, not the girl that's done it. I just tell people, if I put it this way, I've grown a company from zero to 10 million, mm -hmm. zero people on my team, emotional intelligence scores throughout that. I, you know, I, I tell people that and I say, that's what I've done. So if you don't know somebody, look at what they've done. Mm hmm. You know, if they've done things that you want to do or places that you want to be, or if they're exhibiting, you know, personality traits or things you want to have in your right. life, that's a really good indication. Okay. So that's, to me, that's how I look at it is trying to, to, to take it from that perspective. Good advice. Good advice. And so I, I can't believe, you know, this time goes so 
quick when you're having right? fun, right? I know. So Dave, you know, we're coming to the end of this. And uh, I just want to know, A, how people can get a hold of you, but B, what would be some closing thoughts that you give to folks on, I'm now a little bit more open to trying to grow and figure out where I need to go. Sure, absolutely. So I I, I can be found on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So that's the best place to, to find me there. So I hang out there a lot. You know, if you're listening and there's been any like glimmer inside of you, you know, if there, if you're stuck, you know, just find a path to get unstuck. Okay. Find something that you're able to, you know, encourage yourself. And along the way, I would highly suggest that you enjoy, you know, the, the journey. We all have a destination in mind and sometimes we achieve it and sometimes we don't. But boy, there's nothing worse. You know, we had a neighbor owned a business and he was to go into retirement and enjoy this house. And unfortunately, you know, six months after retirement, he passed away. Wow. Well, it feels like he never really started living until that last six months. Well, there was 60 some years of journey. So, you know, every single day, there's got to be something that's going on good in your life. I wake up and come up with three things every day that I'm thankful for. Sometimes it's just warm water in the shower, right? <laughs> it's something we take advantage, we take for granted, but right, it's right, crazy. Right. You know, shoes that fit, whatever they are, get yeah. cre- super creative with it. But the more thankful we are along the way, the better right. off that that journey is going to be. Perfect. And of course, people can always go to Amazon, get your book, Growing on Purpose. And that, that's a good way to just take the first step in terms of kind of figuring out, you know, to your point, I often run into people who just don't even have a vision of what success looks like for them. They're looking at everyone else and I'm wanting them to tell them what success looks like. But it really is the first step in that inner job of who am I and how do I want to show up? And then the next thing is, is that you've talked about before, it's really about managing this fear, the gap, which looks so big. Mm -hmm. And really all you have to do is just take one small step. And if you consistently take one small step, you will begin to close the gap and together we can do that. So with that, you know what? Results change when we have conversations that are interesting and help us push to find those areas, as Davis said today, that are blind spots in our life. Together, we can close the gap. And with that, it's a wrap, folks. See ya. Hey, that's a wrap. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. Please leave comments below. I'd love to know what you're thinking. If you liked it, share it. If you didn't like it, share it, because I guarantee it's going to start a conversation that will help you close the gap. I want to thank the C-Suite Radio Network for hosting my podcast. It is the largest network dedicated to the growth and development of leaders worldwide. I'd also like to thank Ivan G. Hall for the music that you are currently enjoying. Hey, check him out. He's really a great musician. And finally, I have two other requests. One is, please, please, please leave a review on this, either on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. And the other is, don't forget, please look up my book, Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results, One Conversation at a Time. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in paperback, as well as Kindle versions. And with that, it's a wrap. Talk to you next week. Bye.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.